Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. With the sunrise, you can start over again. join the conversation you can hashtag Marsha's Plate you can follow us on most social media Instagram Twitter Facebook all of that just search for Marsha's Plate M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E y'all ready let's get started hey what's up y'all what's going on oh my god this has been a busy busy week it has it has i've been doing a lot of shit that i don't want to do but i have to do them (laughs) just um you know a part of the nonprofit spill is writing grants and that's a lot of writing and it's a lot of going back and forth and um yeah, it's just a bunch of shit like that. Redundancy. There's there's a redundancy to what you're doing. People will ask you one question that's literally the exact same damn thing that you just asked me, just asked me in a different way. And I got to come up with 500 <laughs> words or more <laughs> to the same question for both of those questions. It's just a bunch of stuff that is kind of annoying and um even when you have like copy and paste things you have to adjust it for different type of grants that you're doing so it can kind of get annoying and redundant and tedious and i don't like that sometimes but that is the ugly part about the job of running orgs and so um and then some people want you to fill out all this shit and then they want you to do three or four damn interviews and it's different. I don't want to complain about big stuff. Like, it'd be different if, oh, my God, you're funding the whole project and you're giving us 500K or 250K. But motherfuckers, the motherfuckers will be doing having you do all of this shit just to give you $1,500. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like filling out a bunch of job applications. It sounds like kind of looking for a job. Yes, it is very much like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And so that's what you've been doing all week, honey. Yes, that's been the weird part of the um of the week. Uh, uh, Jay said you said you've been transition transitioning jobs, right, Jay? Not not quite yet. Right now, still wrapping up the current work, 
uh, with the clients that I work with. We'll check that out. Just wrapping up the current work that I'm doing and um, yeah, and applying to other jobs, looking for other opportunities. And uh, that's for the most part. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. There is uh, some stuff opening up around uh, some consulting kind of stuff around uh, supporting people to improve access to services uh, for uh, transmasculine people. Oh, good. Uh, so that's yeah. So that's that's good. Um, but the yeah, the bulk of my time has just been like. Just trying to, be, you know, take it easy, right? What they say, the body keeps the score because I know that I'm kind of in this transitional place. So, yeah, this past week, the last couple of weeks, welcome to December, I've just been kind of trying to keep it real chill, keep that blood pressure down because there may be surprises. So. Oh, good. It's what funny. about you? It's funny. I noticed that a lot of us transgenders, me as tend to tend to ironically have trouble with transition. Now, of course, transition is a big deal in anybody's life. Move into a new house, new job, new city, new friends, dating, you know, anytime you're stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something new that could have a major impact on your life or does have a major impact on your life, yeah. But I just think that it's a key key that us transgenders who specialize in transition have trouble transition you know it's like the auto repair guy who has trouble fixing your car i don't know maybe that's how i interpret it in my brain but overall jay thank you for asking me i am doing a lot better this week honey mental health is still in recovery i wish i could tell you something more productivo um but i've honestly just been ending my slower phase Honey, been into my slut phase, my whole phase. Honey. Yes, she is still having whole phases in her 30s. Honey, mind your damn business, honey. My social media is getting messier and messier, though. Ooh, baby. But you welcome that. I mean, it's, isn't that, isn't that kind of uh, the whole point of social media at this point? Like, you know, we, 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 we kind of, you know, we, we're way past uh, the early days of... <laughs> I can only I can only speak personally because I didn't get into social media until I blew up on social media, honestly. That's why I think it was just something that I was meant to do. I was never the social media girl um before I started doing it. And for me personally, um maybe I've caught it at a bad time, but my analytics have dropped. My analytics have dropped as I've gotten messier. And it could very well be me being shadow banned. A lot of my followers and supporters believe that I am shadow banned just because my opinions and takes are so unadulterated. And I've, and I've learned how to slide past the censoring, you know, um, so that if you can't shut me up completely, what's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to you know, push me into the shadows. You're not going to promote me. You know, you're not going to put me in the algorithm. So that's a possibility. But I also, being being honest with myself and being realistic, I also take into consideration that my brand was built on me not discussing my, my personal life and me educating others. And it is possible that a lot of people just aren't here for my messy life. They just don't see it. They can't. In their brains, they're not able to coincide the educator, teacher, 
you know, um, published author, they're not able to correlate that with the fact that I'm still a ratchet girl from the hood and I'm still figuring it out as I go. Mm. Another element is the internet is what you make it. The social media is what you make it. It, in the sense of how you curate what you see. It can be messy if you create mess or you only engage with mess. Like if you only mm-hmm. engage with the mess, then it can be messy. But I feel like in regards to what um, Jay said, I feel like you can create a space online that you don't see mess going on. You can you can you can create a space like me. I I be I snooze and X. If you get to talking too much shit that I don't like or weird shit or always talking negative, I snooze. I X you out. I, I, I say I literally will push the little three dots. I don't know what app. Just different. Whatever app is on, I will push a little three dots and it will ask me, why don't you want to see this? I'm not interested. <laughs> why don't you want to see this it's t- it's toxic or what it's harassment or not it's harassment because i don't want them to get reported but whatever it is to let the algorithm know i don't want to see anything like this and so what it'll do it will tell me it will only show me shit that i'm interested in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that so- that is another that's another factor as well i do realize that when i am i am when i am in my niche when i am in my educational bag when I am, because a lot of people are sticking with me, to be fair. Um, I think when I am in my educational bag and when I am in, you know, my ballroom lore, you know, how I built my platform, the the people are there, the people come, the people blow it up. But, um, you know, realistically, I, I promised the people one thing when I started, I didn't promise them ballroom lore. I didn't promise them um education i promised them three star when i first started doing social media and the people first started supporting i let them know that all i can promise you is that i'm going to be me online and that i'm going to be an example of a trans person in an attempt to humanize us all i'm not avoidant but like early on like you know just part of how i get down i just was like uh, i was on it as a tool initially I definitely got have friends who've never had Facebook accounts, never had any kind of social media accounts um, to not like feed the machine, I guess, or what have you. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I think too, just kind of being like a socially awkward person, I think sometimes over the years it's been hard for me to discern the tone of things on social media or like catch what things, how, you know, when you say things on social media, like if you're not, in tune with at this point the not the rules but the uh well the rules right like the the ex the the social norms around how you communicate on social media you can be you can be misunderstood easily today like if you don't understand some of the things that have been considered normal or you know what i'm saying like double entendres or what have you so like as a generally socially awkward person who needs like a lot of verbal communication um, I, 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 yeah, I just kind of I tread lightly with social media because I think I can easily take something more literally, or you know, think something has a tone that it I think it has, but then it, it can land kind of weird. So I think you kind of have to be in tune with the culture on social media. I think that's a big important piece. I'm like old people social media. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, you had some kids, the people I went to high school with, right? You know what I'm saying, or something, or a cousin, or something kind of thing. Like very that you know for the most part 
Um, yeah, if you're going. You're absolutely right. If you're going to speak on social media, you have to be in touch with all that's being spoken on social media. I had to accept that I'm a niche ass bitch. I'm a. I, mm-hmm. I I come with a. I come with a particular flair. I come with a particular perspective. I come with a a particular lived experience. And so, what I always try to do is what I put out is to number one share you share with you diamonds inner thoughts sometimes that's some wildest shit usually i put my most wildest takes up on facebook or twitter um because those are my favorite kind of just throw thoughts out there um platforms um when it comes to um like a youtube i kind of kind of usually try to go with whatever i'm interested in culturally like if i want to talk about a movie or talk about a show or some thoughts are sparking i want to kind of have a a live engagement with people. I usually go live on Thursdays um, at seven o'clock on my YouTube. So I usually try to engage with whatever's happening just so I can share my own thoughts. It's similar to like a journal for me where I'm just kind of downloading what I think about stuff and and kind of going back and forth with um, people in the comments to sharpen my mindset because somebody might bring something else into. But that's the context too, though. So like the context you're putting on it. I'll, I'll give a good mm-hmm. example. When I wrote that sexy bread post <laughs> that, that, that kicked up some dust, the tone that I thought I was writing in is not the tone that it was delivered. And it was like, after I, read, after I saw this shit, I was like, oh, like that landed weird. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Because like when I wrote it in my mind, it read totally different than how it was received. But I also understand how it was, was received. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like in that context, I mean, I think that's what I mean, like versus like my personal Facebook or uh because even what you were saying, right? Like the, what you how you use this platform might be different than how you use a different platform because how you're how people are engaging with you seems to be a little different. Is that am I reading that right? It's how because it was it's yeah, it is it is how I'm on Twitter it's some crazy ass people on Twitter. <laughs> it's crazy to people everywhere, but I, I feel like it on Twitter. I feel like it's more trolly in my in my own personal experience of the internet um, because Facebook is so curated to people I know, people I usually have met in person, yeah. people mm-hmm. I enjoy them. It's so curated with friends that I don't really have no issues on Facebook with people coming mm-hmm. in my comments and being crazy. Now, if I go on somebody else's page, then it kind of it can kind of get weird. But on my own page, I don't really have people going saying some wild ass shit, but. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, it's different because you just posting it and anybody can see it. Anybody is not just a friend thing, even outside of followers. Somebody could um, retweet, da 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 da. So it gets kind of wild over there. Um, on YouTube too, anybody can come on there and comment. Now my lives, I have it set up to where only people who can actually engage in my lives is people who subscribe to me. Now I don't know everybody mm-hmm. that subscribed to me, but um, it's only people who are interested in what I got to say or what I got going on because they have subscribed. Um, Mm -hmm. and so what I had to accept, first of all, I don't be paying attention to numbers. I, I pay attention to Marsha's plates numbers, but in diamond styles numbers. No, I don't really care about diamond styles numbers because I, I, like I said, I just know I'm a niche kind of girl. So I'm not expect, and I'm also not a court gesture. I'm not, there's a lot of times girls Mm. get numbers because they are, of course, not just girls. What, what, what What do you mean by that? By court justice. Me, a uh, Kiki. Do you mean like menstrually or like what do you mean? 
there's I mean, a level. It could, go, it could go either way. It could go either way. When I think Port Chester, I do think somebody like me. Like you could be naturally funny, which most jesters are just naturally funny. But there are a lot of people who overdo it for the minstrel of it all. But you have some education. I wasn't really thinking about you because you do have, there are some moments in your video. There are some moments I can tell that you're just shaking it up. And then there are some moments where I can tell you literally just trying to educate or bring some nuance to a conversation. Um, but there are some people who I think they are just clowns, actually. Like, like a Charleston White. Do you know who that is? Yes, that's one. <laughs> um I don't know. There's some, there's certain, I'm actually not talking about cisgender people. I'm talking about transgender people okay. <laughs> that do the need. And I'm saying that because I'm that transgender niche. I am not willing to be a clown. I am not willing to be, I don't like that feeling of minstrel show funny. And it's not just about being funny. I think we all, all of us has potential to be funny, but I think there's some people who just do things just to be a clown, just to get attention. And I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, I'm just a more serious person. I like to talk about serious shit. So I'm not going to always be that kind of, um, you mean like JJ. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not about <laughs> to give any names of people that I mean. <laughs> that no, 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 no. I mean like, you know, how uh, on good times, how JJ was like dynamite. Yeah. And there's that, a level that of changed, that. And that changed the whole game. And, and, they were like, oh, Esther Roll and John Amos were like, mm, yeah, you know, you can do I think this there's a level so much, but like there's a line. Yes, I think, but I am just some, now I'm saying this because I'm being asked, but I'm not somebody who is, <laughs> who is, who is going to tell that person you are doing wrong or you shouldn't hustle like this. Get your money, get your attention, get your love. Do your thing. I'm telling, I'm saying that is not for me. I'm mm. never going to tell somebody that how they make their money, how they do their hustle is wrong. It's wrong for me. But I I, you get what I'm saying? So however mm -hmm. somebody does it, that. Now, I don't, why the difference between John Amos and Esther Rowland and them, they were saying that, oh, this representation of us is bad. I'm never going to say that unless I am asked. Like, I can say this person's name. Not, not that I think they're a clown, but this is just somebody who, how they move in the world, I just feel like it is toxic. Sydney Starr. I feel, Sydney is not a representation that I look for, but I think that I look, I don't see... I don't see myself reflected in Sydney Star. No relation but. to Bree Star. No, <laughs> no relation yeah. to Bree Star, honey. So. Dominant, Dominant gotta say it. But if you follow Bree Star, if you fuck with Bree Star, then you know that I don't fuck with a Sydney Star. <laughs> honey, she is I have no idea what that is. Fire yeah. fool, nothing but the fool. So help the fools. <laughs> so, so for me, so for me, but I can tell that she is doing this because she doesn't have any other talent. She doesn't have any other thing to offer us, but what she actually does. So and she did so, it for the vine. She, she did it for the vine. Shout out to Janice. She loved vine. <laughs> but yeah, she's doing it for that kind of, she doesn't have anything else to offer and you can tell it. And while that is sad to me, 
I understand it. Sometimes you don't have nothing else to offer. And this is your way to get to a coin. This is your way to get the attention, to get the validation, which we all do. We we all care about validation. We might care about it to different extents, but we care about validation. And so this is her way of getting valid getting validation this is her way of getting to a coin maybe or a light coin this is you get what i'm saying so i i'm never going to say oh um it's just not for me that's all i'm gonna say it's like i'm never i would never have sydney star on here i would never yeah go ahead if on a if you saw someone you cared like that you had a personal relationship you were invested in or Uh someone that in the community that you were like would you call somebody, quote unquote, call somebody in to be like, hey, girl, like, let's just check in because your shit look a little messy. Like, if you, you know what I mean? Because, like, if I got toilet paper hanging out my ass and I'm walking around, please somebody say something. You know what I mean? Yes. If we are personal friends, then because we are personal mm-hmm. friends, that's my invitation to tell you one about on yourself. One. Right. Yeah, one on one. We can right. tell each other we are personal friends. We can talk about bitch, where the fuck you you're moving weird. Now what are you doing? I can give that. But okay. I'm not personal friends with Sisney Star. I have no connection to her. I just see how she's moving. You know, recently I don't think we I think we were out of um we were on break when this was going on. Recently that shit she did with Tasha K and T S Madison. That shit was weird, disloyal, shady, and annoying. I didn't like it, but that's not my business. She basically um, you know, supposed to be cool with T S Madison. T S Madison and Tasha K have a huge feud feud going on and she went on Tasha K's platform um an interview with tasha k and essentially um brought t.s madison into the conversation because of course just sydney star by herself nobody cares i'm not in none of it but i the way tasha k responded was as if sydney relayed to her that t.s madison told her not to come on the show when T.S. Madison said, that's not what happened, you hit me up and said that you were coming on the show. And that was it. I was like, all right, okay, girl, I don't fuck with that bitch. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> then I think she just told her that, oh, T.S. Madison didn't want me to come on this show. And T.S. Madison was like, you should have cleared that up because that's not what happened. I didn't tell you. Now you got her thinking that I'm trying to sabotage her show when I really don't give a fuck about her. So anyway, <laughs> my point was, that people who move like that, I don't fuck yeah. with. I yeah. and not not just on that in that interpersonal relationship, just how she represents the trans community. It just feels it feels like ooh, it's it's for me it's cringe. That is her. I want her to still have a voice. I want her to still exist. I want her to do what she needs to do. And I'm never going to, I wouldn't, I'm saying this on my platform because we're talking about it, but I would never come to Sydney and be like, oh my God, you are a bad, or be in the comments, um, you are a bad representation of the trans community. Mm-hmm. Now I would be in the comments saying, oh, this doesn't represent me. I don't know why y'all keep saying she's a bad representation. This don't represent me. I would never come to her like that uh, unless somebody asked me. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, how she moves is weird. And I don't want to be that. Like, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to be in, 
just doing shit just for the sake of a like, a click, a view, da 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 da. I never want to be that person. I know I'm a niece bitch, so I'm not gonna get millions and millions and millions. But I have a loyal fan base that engage with me, right. that um um in, a, a loyal community that engages with me, and so that's what I like. That's what I I like that intimacy. I like. You know, when new people come, I like, you know, I like that small little niche. Do I want more coins? Absolutely. But not, to, I don't want more coins at the detriment of my integrity. Right. Not all money is good money. Right. So, yeah. But social media is what you make it. That's my, that's, I guess, the point of this early segment. <laughs> social media is what you make it. And that is how, um, you know, it's what you use the, the tools. It is a tool. Use the tools that it has for you to streamline or for you to block the bullshit out and use it to, um, you know, do what you need to do in regards to the issues that you care about. How can you push people towards use your social media to push people towards issues that you care about or talk about issues that you care about? Think about it in a different way. You are the master of your social media domain. And if you're not getting anything out of it, it's because you don't want to um, or you're just not interested. I was going to ask, do you have any tips for people who because there's a lot of people that are not really active on social media, mm -hmm. but are i definitely know people who are intimidated by social media right because mm -hmm. of what we're talking about like some of the stuff i was mentioning like you know just tone and things like that do you have any tips for people who want to engage on social media but are just like kind of overwhelmed because also you know a lot of, especially like when it comes to trans dudes a lot of trans guys transition as whole ass adults with grandkids and shit and people just already are kind of not as connected and even some younger people right are just you know whatever people just don't i definitely see a lot of people who don't be on social media within the trans community right oftentimes being a lot of trans like you know leaning towards more trans mass folks but do you have any suggestions on like youtube brief for folks who are I like i'm gonna dip in but i don't i don't want to be around a mess and like you said you said it's what you created but if you're not as familiar how would you how would you say the do you have any suggestions on how to kind of approach it? The biggest suggestion that I would give is be prepared. Number one, be be prepared for for the worst. Be prepared for, for what you're scared of to happen. Seriously. Be mm. prepared. Be prepared for people to hate your takes. Be prepared for people to ridicule you. Be prepared for for people to um, find you, but also be prepared for the best. Because what I've noticed is it's going to be about, on average, it's going to be about 50-50 or 60-40. Um, you're going to get just as much love as you get hate. You're going to have to be prepared, baby, because if not, you're going to end up having a whole nervous breakdown about other people's opinions of you. You got to be strong in yourself. You have to have tough skin. You have to know who you are. If you're going to show your face, I suggest that you compartmentalize. I suggest that you kind of create a version of yourself or allow a version of yourself for social media to experience. Don't give them completely you as a whole. Um, and also for, for a lot of people, if, you're, if your voice is bigger than your image, you know, if you want your voice heard, but you don't necessarily want to put your face out there, don't. There's a million ways not to. You can blow mm -hmm. up social media with people never knowing what you look like.
Me personally, I guess I would be the opposite of what Bree just said. <laughs> um, but this, I ain't for everybody. How I do things ain't for everybody. So how I, first of all, there's nothing about my life that I'm ashamed of. There is nothing about that. I I speak there. You can find some of my most embarrassing stories somewhere on my YouTube my, or my or this podcast. <laughs> you can find some of my most um, intimate cry baby. This got me in my emotion moment on my YouTube or my um, podcast because I am vulnerable in that way. And one of it is a strategic thing. I want you to relate to me. And the best way for me to relate to people is to share with you my life in my honest way, in an honest way, share, share with you intimate things, share with you, share with you um, jovial things, share with you whatever, make me happy, make me sad, whatever. To be honest, I do not like the feeling of being muzzled. So I am pretty open. And so, and nobody can use something that I'm open about against me. So if anybody, if there's any type of attack or you, if you're not, and now it's certain things that give me a thick skin because I'm a fucking trans person that grew up fucking queer. You can't call me a, a man or a fat girl or whatever the stereotypical shit that people call you online that don't know you. They're just basing off your pictures. Oh, you fat. Oh, you, you really a man or typical, that shit don't move me. And mm -hmm. I can just block you. And so my strategy is to be open as possible to relate to people. And so I share. I don't mind. Do I recommend that for everybody? No, I don't. But I just share because it 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 it, it feels like a journal. It feels like it it's I feel like it's a reason why some people like me. But it also feels like it is okay for it not to be for you. You mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? It's okay for you not to be on social media. It's okay right. for, but if you want to jump in it, it's one of those things that are like jumping in the pool. You just got to jump in and learn how to swim, baby. Yeah, you right. don't want to jump in on the deep end, but yeah, jump in on the shallow end and play around and curate. I, my mom, my mom passed away in 2020. When I go to her page, because I still got access to her um, Facebook page. When I go to her yeah. page, when you look down my mama feed, it don't be none of the shit that I be seeing. My mama feed be fucking um, Candy Crush games. It right, be fucking right. um, food recipes. Right. It, be, it be whatever shit Wait. she engage with. Diamond, did you uh, archive her page? Yeah, I did. See, it, I forgot to archive. I just want to throw this in there. Make sure you archive, y'all. If your parent, your parental, somebody close to you, and you have access to their page. I fucked around and did the archive and somebody had my mama page and our name is different. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who the hell is this my mama picture? <laughs> because I think I think that me and Diamond, um I I meant a lot of the things. I think my phrasing might have been a little off. When I say compartmentalize, what I mean is be able to for me, the biggest thing that I've learned. So far, it's being able to step away from social media and separate social media from my personal life. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant by compartmentalize. If you're really going to brand yourself and, and your voice together, um, the same advice I would give to anybody who's attempting to be a public figure, um, there's going to have to be a piece of yourself and elements of yourself. For example, 
I don't share what goes on currently in my romantic life. And I've decided to stop sharing um, intimate stories about certain family members. Um, so that, that's something I, I wouldn't risk um, losing myself completely with uh, social media. I, yeah. I have to detach. I have to have my moments where I step away. It can't be something that I completely live and breathe. And that's something that I've learned the hard way. Um, I think for me, it's because who I who you see, y'all both done met me in person. Who you see in person is who you see online. I don't, I don't, I'm not putting on a character. Like there's, a, there's some people who they put, they turn on. When they're in front of the camera and it's not saying that they're being fake it's just that that is not who they are in real life they just they cut on for the camera to be entertaining to people and that totally is okay it makes sense but this right what me is me i talk like this <laughs> in in when i engage with people in person uh, when we're alone, when the cameras are on, when the camera is off, we might have, we might be curating topics, but I talk, I'm just, I am who I am online and off. So for me, it's hard for me to, I totally understand somebody who needs to compartmentalize. I just can't because I, this is who I am. So a lot of people tell me, you, oh, I thought you were going to be different in person. You are exactly the same. Yes, I am. This is, this is who I am in person. I don't, I don't put on for the cameras. It's just who I am. And so, and I don't think of like the internet as some fake world. <laughs> I think of you, Jay, I met you online and well, I met you in person, but oh, yeah. our relationship yeah. grew online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, right, right. before we met just a few seconds, we, I met you are a real person. There are people who I met in online who are real people living real lives. Right. Maybe, I mean, I, maybe I'm giving horrible advice because I no. um no, seriously, or maybe it's just the the stage and where I'm at. You know, you've been doing this longer than me. And I'm com I'm completely when I came into it, I was completely new. I didn't know how to navigate social media. I was literally making videos on learning how to navigate social media. But anyway, I think with you having more tenure in the whole social media thing, you're giving me great advice. And that is the advice that I've been constantly given lately to just be myself online to say I don't give a fuck because I honestly have. I honestly have given given a fuck and I came into it knowing that I gave a fuck too much and I've gotten a lot more comfortable in who I am. And um, I think that is a legitimate reason and why I have been losing followers as well because I'm allowing people to see outside of the character. You know what I mean? I do randomly play characters because that's just who I am. You know, I'm a theatrical bitch. But um, also, legitimately, I am learning how to be myself on camera. I've always toned it down on camera. I've always given less on camera. I've always um, essentially tried to smooth it out. And that's because in real life, I'm all I'm constantly being told that I'm too much. And sometimes people are not going to like that. What was you about to be? And that's okay. Some people are not for you. What were you about to say, Jane? Well, I was going to say, one of the reasons I asked that question, too, is because, like, a lot of the resources I know to get connected to them, it's a lot easier for a lot of folks in our community to get connected through social media. 
to uh, different events to even just, you know, a group to just kind of share experiences and things. And so, you know, the perspective that I was coming from with that question was from that too, right? Where it's like, I know guys where I'm like, yo, this is on Facebook. I don't do Facebook. You know, like it's too much going on and da da da. And it's like, well, I know you don't do it, but like, you, you know, this is probably the best way to kind of keep up with kind of different things happening. Woo to woo to woo. Um, so that's also where I was coming from too. And I was. Oh, that advice, my advice still stands for that. If, if, in, in those cases, yeah. my advice still stands for that because in a lot of ways I can relate to that because I am still new to social media. It's still been less than four years for me. So mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember coming into it and being hesitant and not wanting to get involved in the mess and all of those things. So yeah, I think my advice still stands for that, honey. Be prepared to compartmentalize. You're not obligated to show your face. You ain't obligated to tell people who you are. Be prepared for people to say the worst. Be prepared for people to say the best and, and to meet your people. And, and in that regard, how I think about social media is almost like rooms. So Facebook is a room, Twitter is a room, YouTube is a room, and they all have different shapes, different furnitures in them, different things. You get what I'm saying? They all TikTok, TikTok is TikTok, TikTok is just you know that's one thing. Every platform is a room, and it has different features, different furniture, different ways you can use it. So I don't right. think of it as if it's messy. You ain't curated it. You ain't cleaned it up. So how you can't say, oh, Facebook is messy unless you engage it with messy people. If you see some messy people, delete them off your list. Right. <laughs> so I, that's what I think about when it comes to the room. So tell us what y'all think. How are y'all engaging with people who are kind of, you know, timid or, you know, apprehensive about jumping into social media? How do you engage with social media? Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please, do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Hey, y'all. So, um, y'all already know a lot of these different governors around the country, Republican governors are taking a page out of the classic handbook from the quote unquote Dixiecrats of the 50s and 40s, 50s and 60s, where you saw, you know, back to back different governors having ridiculous off the wall shit they knew that that probably would end up being illegal type of legislation when it came to black people and like desegregation and segregation 
after especially after Brown v. Board. And so what we're seeing today is now, obviously, with Texas, Greg Abnett has directed the Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate trans kids. Ron DeSantis over in Florida um, has tried to purge the books, you know, that, you know, in Missouri, they try to uh, have rules that limit access to gen gender affirming care for everybody, uh, regardless of age. And now, just like, you know, the ghost of the past, um, let's take for George Wallace, for example, who was not a harsh, staunch segregationist until he realized the crowd reacts differently when I say fuck black people than when I say treat everybody like human beings. And he realized that he would get votes that way. Donald Trump realized that he started, and he said this in this article um, that recently came out from the, who, who was this from? The Atlantic titled Trump Plans to Police Gender um, that came out um, four days ago. Uh, they're highlighting some of his stuff. So Trump has promised to nationalize the same efforts that have happened on the state level. He doesn't want to just surveil and miseducate and repress children uh, who are exploring their gender identities. He also, quote, wants to interfere in the lives of billions of adults revoking freedoms. So some of his plan, y'all, there's three things, three big ones in his plan, which is number one, to establish a national definition of gender as being strictly binary and immutable from birth, meaning it cannot change from birth. Number two, ex uh, use an executive order to cease all federal programs that promote the concept of sex and gender transition at any age. So for us as black people, we're disproportionately on Medicaid, your state health insurance. That access to Medicaid, that state health insurance, in Washington, it's Apple Health. In Wisconsin, it's Badger Care. Uh, I'm not sure what it is in Texas or Baltimore, but I'm sure it's some kind of corny name, Care, or K, you know, some kind of corny name, right? That opened the door for a lot of people in our community to be able to access hormones and surgery in a more safe way, right? That people were, you know, that could go to a doctor, right? And especially for low-income people. So anyway, so number two, he wants to cease all federal programs that promote the concept of sex and gender transition at any age. So that means people on Medicaid, that means another area where we're overrepresented, the military. A lot of people have been able to be uh, get their hormone therapy who are veterans through the VA. That would end. Um, and then the third thing is he wants to uh, do some administrative things that would... Um, well, they say it's administrative cruelties, make it, it impossible for someone, for example, to change their gender on their passport. As I mentioned again, low-income trans adults will be could be blocked from using Medicaid to pay for treatment. And according to this article, they believe the social impact of a Donald Trump re-election would only further encourage discrimination against trans people. So... First of all, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, that's kind of wild. <laughs> well, essentially, it sounds like they're trying to make trans people illegal. Um, Again. Basic, basic and simple. They're uh, criminalizing us. They're criminalizing transness. They're criminalizing 
uh, transgender identity, they are literally attempting to take a social construct and all social constructs regarding gender and legalizing them and making them and pub and and pop and politicizing them, making them policy, making them law. They are putting gender back into law. Like this is literally reversing everything that we fought for. This is literally reversing the Stonewall riots. This is reversing Marsha and or Sylvia throwing the bricks. This is reversing the whole thing. Um, we did waste a lot of taxpayer dollars in this country for a very long time for locking up people and essentially making it illegal for people to present however they want it to present in the world. I mean, essentially, I can't speak for every trans person, but I could speak for me. My presentation is innate. It's how I want to present. If you, you know, my, my transition genders and transitioning socially is based on how my gender is perceived by other people. I think it's, I think it's idiotic for us to be in 2023 and the idea of somebody wearing a skirt or changing their name could be fucking illegal. Like, are you serious? Like, didn't we already do this already? Didn't we already decide that women could wear pants and, and men could wear dresses? Didn't we already decide that gender identity in the definition of gender, didn't we already decide that it was based on perception and based on social construct? So what the fuck are we talking about making it legal and politicizing it? Donna, before you, before, before you respond to, I just want to re also put in here. So Trump is running on a 10 point quote unquote plan to protect children from left wing gender insanity, end quote. And um, he did implement some of his changes, administrative changes, towards the end of his administration, but because people went out and voted in the presidential election and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were elected, one of the first things that the Biden administration did was reinstate many of the protections that, have, that came about under the Obama administration for trans people, which expanded access to healthcare, which expanded access to use Medicaid for low income people, which mo a lot of us disproportionately are low income as black people and black trans people. Um, he, he immediately reversed uh, those things uh, that Trump tried to, to uh, ban. Um, Right, including um, protections around like civil rights uh, on the federal level because they changed the definition of gender to include a sex rather to include trans people. Diamond, what are, what are, what are some of your initial thoughts? I said this on my social media. I really feel like I'm about to get up out of here. Like, um, and like I said, I said this to somebody else, and I might be watching too much um, Holocaust documentaries or something. But one of the thing, the mo the most one of the most powerful statements that I hear from um, survivors of the Holocaust um, or recounts is them. thinking that it's not going to get that bad. Like, 
uh, this is just this rhetoric is just kind of um, it's just chatter. Nobody is going to ever do that. And by the time they figured it out that they were doing that horrible shit, it was too late. They were on trains to Auschwitz. They were on yeah. they were in these scenarios. And so for me, I feel like we are we are frogs in a slow boiling pot. I do not want to be in a situation like that where it is getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm, and I'm still trying to kind of corral what I can corral, motivate and galvanize voters and da, 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 da. When history has taught us these motherfuckers kill our leaders. When things don't really change until bloodshed. Things... It's so mm-hmm. it makes me, it just makes me feel like this is, it's, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And there is a, a fear. Um, it, and I, I was talking to uh, one of my homegirls about it. And the, this is the visual analogy that I always give. Um, y'all remember when, um, except this was, a, this was a positive, but the visual, it kind of can make y'all think about it. Um, y'all remember the old cartoon, The Grinch? The old cartoon, the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Seuss. So Mm -hmm. y'all remember when, at the end of the movie, when Grinch was, um, they showed it in the beginning, but at the movie, when Grinch was having a change of heart and he was holding up the, um, the sled and they zoomed in on his heart and his little heart started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to change the mind. Mm-hmm. That's what the fear in me is doing. There is a fear in me that people are getting crazy and they are galvanizing people to harm us. And so mm-hmm. while I have hope, there is, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm not prepared. I live in Texas, so I get to have guns and shit. So you run up in here, I'm going to blow your head off. But so I don't want to be unprepared, and that's what it feels like to me. There's a fear in me, and I haven't verbalized this except to my per- personal friends, so I'm doing it now because you're asking, but there is a fear in me that is growing that while we are trying to fight this, it is going to be some of us it's going to be too late for because somebody, they, they are galvanizing a side that is going to harm us. I want to throw this, I, I was listening to the um Karen Hunter show on um, Sirius XM on Urban View. I don't always 100% agree with her, but I, I like to listen to different black media outlets that are kind of informed, that are like legit media outlets <laughs> um, to get different perspectives and hear different voices. She had a couple people on. She had Malcolm Nance, who is like got random opinions about, like fucked up opinions about what's happening in Gaza and strictly kind of puts a lens that's like purely military and not necessarily humane. But she also had Pam Keith, who was a congressional candidate and also a military veteran and used to work in like giving a go to like whether or not to bomb somewhere. Cause she's like the way they're doing in Israel with when it terms of the idea of the Israeli defense forces, the way they're bombing Gaza is fucked up, right? So that's the context of that. But what she did say as they shifted the conversation was she said, quote, our ancestors didn't show up to the polling place because they were going to be happy because they were voting for racists too. It was just the lesser of the racist before them. And they had to do that for their progeny, meaning their descendants. 
And I just don't understand why that kind of clarity was available to people with second grade education, but we, with our college education, can't seem to figure it the hell out. Would love y'all thoughts on that quote, because what I get from what I gather from that a little bit, in her opinion, is we got a little too comfortable. Possibly Gen X didn't do a good job at being like, yo, yo, like education, right? Around the civil rights era, around the fact that the struggle has never ended, you know. Um, yeah, I think um, I, you know, like we're in a situation that's very preventable like easily preventable, but we've also been in a psychological warfare, I would say, since about 2015 through social media to increase apathy, particularly amongst the most vulnerable, meaning women, black folk, trans folks, queer folks, right? Meanwhile, the right wing has been doing their grassroots effort and turning out white people that don't even normally vote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they, what their job right now is to Skim as many votes off as possible. In Wisconsin, there was a recall for the governor in 2011 because he was on fuck shit and tried to destroy the public sector unions. The same campaign, that same the same template of white people being like, the families are divided in the emotional shit, because this is right after Citizens United, which Citizens United Supreme Court case meant anybody can donate money and you don't necessarily got to track it. So that's why politics today looks very different than the politics up until about 2012. Because <laughs> politics up to 2012, you couldn't just, no, just, anybody, there was no shadow money in politics in the same way that it is now. And so I, I, I'm just putting that out there just to say like, that was the template. That was the, what happened in Wisconsin and the way that they ran that uh, a recall campaign and the way all the rhetoric you hear around Donald Trump, particularly with white people, and they've obviously pivoted that to expand more in black communities and brown communities, where it's like families are fighting each other. That's literally what happened in Wisconsin. So we're real familiar with this tactic and the strategy that they're using on the rest of the country. The strategy of I'm okay with being poor and not having the shit I need, the strategy they use for poor fucking white people in the South to be okay we're not having any shit. They've expanded that on a national level, right? So now we got black folks that's like, I'm cool with having nothing. So I guess what I'm saying is like, do you think we got, like, what do you think about this quote? Because we are definitely dealing with some level of like psychological, emotional, the whole country is obviously. Um, but we are also like one of the number one targets for misinformation and disinformation to persuade how we feel about shit while we're sitting here in front of us with some shit that's easily preventable. Like we're not even in an era where we can't register to vote. We're not in an era where a motherfucker gonna get shot for going to go vote. We're not even in that. Like we literally just need to go vote. Like if we don't go vote now, this is gonna be the last election. It's not, not to be like, you wanna scare a motherfucker, but like to your point, Diamond, most of us do not have a passport. Most of us are gonna be left the fuck behind, right? on some shit that's very easily preventable, right? So like for our listeners and folks who are like, I'm pro-black, I'm in the fight for liberation. I'm talking about, the, I'm talking to them people. I ain't talking to folks that ain't about that life. I'm talking about for folks who say they about that life and also are like, mm -hmm. <laughs> about the one, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, what do y'all, what do y'all like? I don't know, what do, what do you think like about this quote? 
and just like, yeah, do you think we got a little too comfortable? Because I think it's it's because most of us can't go nowhere. I feel like Democrats are getting more and more moderate and, you know, the right is getting more and more right. So it is starting to be. Not starting. It's kind of always been like this in regards to the quote that you were talking about. Um, some people. It's just they're getting divested from the, you know, the the point of voting for the lesser of two evils. Yes, we they get it. It makes sense. Da 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 da. But it gets to be. It people it starts to feel useless. It starts to feel. Um, I'm somebody that don't need to be convinced to vote. I I just feel like just on the 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 strength of this was a right that my ancestors have fought for. That's enough reason for me to vote. But I can see how somebody can get to the point where, look, this lesser, even this lesser, <laughs> is starting to not feel like it is worth it. And so there is a, there needs to be something else. I'm not saying that, you know, voting is not important, but in the structure that we're in, voting is important, but also there needs to be something a more active. And we think about strikes that actually worked in other countries. When we think about, you know, how COVID stopped the world and it forced them to change things. We just, we literally had nature show us how we can make these motherfuckers move if we stopped, if certain things stopped. Like, how can we do that? Like, in, in my mind, yeah. that's what I want to do. That's what I want to focus on is what can we actually organized to do to stop these systems from going on as usual. I don't know how that is. That's not really how my mind works, but I wish some great, amazing organizer who does that, <laughs> who does that. I wish I want them to, I want that to be a focus too, not just voting, but that voting and how these, how can we stop and do something different to stop them yeah. from, from, from business from going on as usual. <laughs> But do you, do you, I mean, I, two, two thoughts, hearing what you were saying too. I think there's like, one, there's a lack of, there's an intentional, I'm sorry, I used to be around like student organizing, student on a national level, statewide level, and came up in a time where they were dismantling all these statewide student associations and dismantling the, the, the national statewide student association, United States Student Association and their power those were pipelines of organizers, right? Mm -hmm. Those were pipelines of people getting trained to talk to other people, to their peers about civic engagement and how the shit works. It was political education. They dismantled that. Meanwhile, at the same time, they were coming up with quote unquote replacements, presidents, councils and things and getting the conservative students who you're arguing now, you're Josh Hollies and shit, getting them engaged through a pipeline because they saw what worked. The grassroots worked. On the left, the grassroots got decimated over the last 20 years. It's all corporate and foundations and nonprofits. The grassroots shit, all the money got pulled out of that. I think that's a big part of the reason we are in the situation we're in now because the pipeline got cut off that was training generations and generations and generations since the 1940s, <laughs> okay? So now you got a whole generation where that shit basically got cut off by 2010. 
See, I don't agree with that totally. It's not that I don't agree. I don't know. It's not that I... I think that that the I feel like the basis of grassroots don't have nothing to do with money. It I think you can cut money off and grassroots organizing can still happen, not as easily. But I think that you can. There are tons of things that people did that they still can do to organize. When we think about you know the woman who was baking to fund the Montgomery Boys Boycott, that wasn't because of money. They was everybody was poor. They were just figuring it out, trying to make it work, doing creative but, things to make Diamond, it work. Diamond. But also, but also during the bus boycott, you had professors and the black professional class and black people who were celebrities. That still exists now. Right, right. But what I'm saying is like the the tactics that they were using then, we're not using those tactics. What I'm saying is that was a part of a bigger piece of the thing that included the grassroots. That's all I'm saying. And so, like, all of those things are interconnected. And what I'm saying is some, some of the pillars are not as strong as they used to be. And all I'm saying is one of those pillars was that grassroots peace pipeline that would come out of colleges and universities. And I'm not saying those are the only people that can do anything by any means. But what I am saying is traditionally it's oftentimes those college-educated young people that are on the forefront of that change. And instead I of being like, I still see that. I'm, you I'm don't see that? I'm not saying I don't. No, Diamond, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying That's why I'm asking. Fact, I'm not telling you what you're I'm, saying. I'm no, asking. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying the group is smaller for a reason because the pipelines that I don't agree with that. Them, I, think, I, think that the, I think that the number of people that are educated millennials and Gen Z, right, about civic engagements, engaged in it, know how this shit work, connected to a whole multi-generational uh, institutional memory. I think that pipeline has been cut off in a way that- I disagree. I disagree. I think, it, I think on a national level, it's been cut off. It might not- I think it's like just different. It can't be the same as it was 40 years ago. It's just I know, different. Organizations, some of those organizations don't exist and have not been replaced. And new ones have come up. Yes, they have. Yeah. I guess I'm. I guess I guess one of the reasons I'm looking at it that way, and not just in this moment, because this is a you know observation over some time. Social media is a factor too, right? Because we also are in an era where folks are like, I'm taking my stance here on social media. And not always connecting that to voting is one tactic in this bigger piece. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I guess what I'm saying, some of the rhetoric I hear from people that I also hear from people who are like, I'm down, and I'm da 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 and then be like, I'm not going to vote. It's something I never would have heard before. Do you get what I'm saying? Because that's how you have some power, right? Because it's about altering the relationships of power. Organizing is not about being right. Organizing about winning the thing, right? Winning what we need, the policy, the legislation. That's what it's about. Right? Yeah, I so just I disagree. I just don't think that's you real. Think, I think that's you your think perspective. The majority of folks think that? I have heard people not divesting from voting ever since I've been alive. People, there have been conversation of black people divesting from voting since yeah. I've been alive. This, there's two conversations. You got to vote because your ancestors died for the vote. 
I don't want to vote because this shit don't change shit. Those two s- statements have been right. around since I have been alive. So there's right. not been no up or down. I hear them every time voters come around. I think young people who are organizing right now are just organizing differently. When we think about the powerful people that are still organizing to this day that came out of um, BYP 100, BYP 100, when we think about um, the people who came out of that camp, when we think about all those young organizers online that have went to the ground to try to elect Stacey Abrams in Georgia, that was a huge feat that she did on the ground, off the internet, and using the internet as a tool. When we think about the, the young people now, that- let me, let, me, let, me, let me be clear. There's let tons of people I'm doing saying, let me be, I'm not disputing that at all. What I'm saying is the infrastructure is smaller. The money is smaller. We I need disagree. The people standing, instead of spending money to, I think funders need to spend more of their money on the people doing the grassroots shit like you're talking about and doing the issue based. And if y'all listening right now, don't necessarily spend your send your money to the Democratic Party. Send it to folks who are doing the issue based work to turn people out to work, out to vote, because in educating people about the issues. I'm saying those those organizations, excuse me, are not, in my observation, being supported on the level that they should be at this point in 2023 if they were still on the same trajectory. I, I see it in this bigger picture of the we just shave a couple votes. So I'm not saying it's the end all or be all. I'm just saying it's one component. And how do we get young people, black people, other people that would vote against us in our project 2025 that we've been working on for 40, 50 years? I think that that is one component. There's a reason they started going after all those statewide student associations and different chapters of this and different chapters that that was intentional from the right wing for like 20 something years, right? So like, and I was at the end of it when they were still taking the shit out. So I only saw the tail end of that. But what I do know is even before I came, we, you know, our age, we came along, they were already just boom, boom, taking shit out, all these institutions. Another thing, 2004, 2005, the gay marriage thing, they knew that they could get these black pastors. They knew that people were going to leave the church. They knew, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like this is a bigger, not to be like, it's not a conspiracy theory when the right wing is saying our plan for the last 50 years has been able to find, figure out the best way to divide and conquer black people, young people, and anybody that's going to vote against us. And we're going to do it by any means necessary. So it's not far fetched. Do you get what I'm saying? To, 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 do you get what I'm, all I'm saying is it's a, it's a piece of a bigger puzzle. And like, how do I just take out a little bit? Because they don't need to take out everybody. And all I'm saying is that the people that are doing the work that you're talking about, that are doing amazing work, aren't being supported the way that they should be. They should get more money. They should get more money from funders. People, you know, do you know what I'm saying? So that's that's where I'm coming from. It's just saying like, I guess what I'm saying is supported as much as it should. And and people are and people need we need to spend more money with these people that are doing the amazing work on the ground. No, I agree with that. I guess what I disagree with is that the the pipeline to teach organizers organizing has been decimated. Yes, there may be some organizations. There may be something over here that have be affected but for me i think that the, i think that they just went it's just turned into something else i don't think that the youth are it, uh, have been decimated in a way maybe specific oh, organizations no, 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 i think no, the no. youth are doing great work i think that they're doing amazing work 
Let me back on up because what I am not saying is that I think all youth organizing has been decimated. And I am not saying that I don't think that there are young people who are organizers and know exactly what they're doing. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not saying that they're not doing amazing work and they're not effective. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is they're not, I think they could be supported more. I think there could be more money. What I am saying is that if, if the, if the trajectory would have continued the way it was supposed to, they would have more money right now. They would have more support right now. They would have a stronger network. That's all I'm saying. But it's that's never that going to happen in a country. Not, that's never going to happen in a country that has another side that's organizing against you. There is going to always be a other side trying to do the work against you. Just like it's always going to be our side trying to do the work against. There's going to be, there is always going to be that. I don't think that that is going to be something that can be decimated. It's just going to have to shift. No, definitely. It's going to have to evolve and shift. And I think what we are seeing is a shift. We have seen uprisings in right now in modern times that we had never seen before. Use of social media, use of taking social media and, and change it into something online. We have seen it. Yes, have they faltered? Have things faltered? Absolutely. Right, things always right. faltered. When we think about SNCC, when we think about the impact of the Black Panther Party, there's there's things that we, you know, free breakfast, free lunch. We see the impact that still is going on now, even though they faltered. There are going to be some things that are going to falter because the right wing are good at what they do or the conservatives are good at what they do we're gonna see some things falter and you are right there are there are you know we still need to support these young people that are coming up in that sense but i don't think it went yeah. yes they try to decimate it but i don't think it went anywhere it just evolved into something else they you you punch me this is you punch me and i got and that may hit me a little bit but i got to come back and regroup and i think the youth are coming back and regrouping and yeah. i see it yeah That's no definitely no definitely um 1000% agree on that um, you know, I've said my beef about organizing for America and Obama because when that came in in his second run, it it got it basically got rid of the infrastructure in the black community that was built since the eighties after Jesse Jackson ran. So it was less grandmas and aunties working the polling places. It was less aunties and grandmas and all the people, them old black women that would typically be working on election for the party. And instead they were flying in recent graduates with master's degrees to places they were not from across the country to run a campaign in 2012. That's what I'm saying. It's like on a, on some of these infrastructure levels, we even within the democratic party, they just kind of like whatever. And I do agree that we're kind of in a regrouping effort, a regrouping, like it's like a transitional time because this is like 10 years later since 2012, right? Um, I do think it is a transitional, I do think it's a transitional time for sure. Um, Cause yeah, cause it's gotta be more than just like, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying we got There's a lot we can learn um, from what's happening now, but when folks are feeling apathetic, there's a lot we can learn from our ancestors, right? Who faced a lot of similar shit. And we can see they did the education, right? Like they just did basic education. Like, hey, like this is what's going on. I think that's kind of where I think that we're lacking. And that's not a generational thing. I'm saying with some of these organizations, it's like we're in media and black media. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know, just on an infrastructure level, I do recall there was more. Mm. Even with BT, there was just more. Just like more engagement and education happening in the community. And I'm and I'm hoping coming into 2024, yeah, I we're just at a place different. where it's like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, 
2024, I think we're at a place where it's like, obviously there's people that ain't gonna vote. There's obviously people, like you said, there's gonna have some people in two camps. And also politics is local, right? Because you're in Houston. I'm in I'm in Seattle. Bree's in Baltimore. When I was in Milwaukee, the politics look different, right? The politics in Chicago for black people look different for politics for black people in Cal, you know, in the Bay. So I do also think that, you know, is that influences how people, you know, how people are approaching things. You got more black people in the millennials and Gen Z who didn't grow up around black people than ever before. You have a larger chunk of black folks that, so and I'm not saying that's just impacting all their voting, but what I'm saying is if you're not in concentrated areas to vote, like there, there's certain things that they've been working on to kind of put this piece together. The reason I'm where I am in the Pacific Northwest is because there's an intentional brain drain in certain Midwestern states to get black people to leave, right? If they can, kind of like how you said earlier, I'm thinking about getting out of here with my passport. Mm-hmm. I could get out, right? You know what I mean? Because it was becoming not safe, just like my grandparents got out of Mississippi. It was not safe. Right. And so all I'm saying is we still got to I don't know. It just seems like we are at a tipping point where like folks are kind of like, you know, we can't depend on the Democratic Party. All we can depend on is us. We are all we got to, like, educate our people, let them know, like, what's going on and how the shit is connected. And then people can make informed choices. You know what I'm saying? I I think you what you got to not you, but. And people in general listening, you know, like the example of BET, there was a time just like radio, just like television. There was a time when that was a core um, tool. Television was a core tool to educate. But now there are new tools. I see so many platforms educating using social media. I see so many platforms taking that education and, and creating workshops in person to teach um, people, especially here in Texas, teaching people about ice and, you know, how to avoid that kind of shit when that was a thing. There there are just different things happening that BET, that's a perfect example because shit has mm-hmm. been bought out by white folks. And, you know, it, right. it, so it's not going to be the tool that we use today. But I see, look at us. We are sitting here on a platform right. that, yeah. that we created to educate people on our mindset about trans people and all that kind of stuff. It's just new things coming to you that's that are being used as tools and if you are not connected to those things it may look like that that shift has gone down but it actually just shifted and evolved to somebody else i think that that is what i want it's not that what you're saying is wrong it's just that i want you that's what i want the point to be that it's just shifting to something else that you may not be seeing that's what i'm i'm one thousand on that and I also think that, you know, we got to get in where we, and you, I do see it with the with younger folks on social media who are now being like, I'm calling out your bullshit about this voting shit. I'm calling out your bullshit. Let me give you some education and using the platforms like Twitter, TikTok, and other things to educate folks when people say things that are incorrect around the Biden-Harris administration or incorrect about the process of voting. And that shit to your point is like encouraging right using these things but i see that more now that's what i'm saying it's encouraging because i see it more now than i did up until probably about six months ago and it's it's cool to see more you see more and more and more and more folks using the consciously um and some other folks who are using their platform to be like all right y'all 
let's let's talk about the real because it's because there's some there is a lot of disinformation and shit and bots and shit. We are targeted, you know. Um, by that. Tucker. Yeah. Come on. Let, who else? Who else? Nine. Um, Janae, um, the one say, I'm going to keep it black, but I'm going to keep it brief. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I can't remember her exact handle, but um, um, when we think about D- Dara Tucker, I think she does a lot of educational stuff. Um, it's just tons of people. It's tons of people using the tool. Is it a tool that works for it to educate everybody? No, but it's tons of people using taking that stuff and enriching stuff that they learn online to enrich their in-person stuff. I think yeah. that, um, I just, uh, and folks are turning out to vote. We saw it in Ohio. We saw it in Kansas. We saw it in Wisconsin. So clearly it's yeah, translated into, into real concrete shit. I just, I just think we are in a, we're in one of those times, like, you know, where it's, it's a battle where we're not in that you know how waves happen you know it's like a peak and then it's like a valley we are in a time where we're in a peak where shit is hitting the fan and we don't know how the dust is gonna settle and so you know it so it's gonna look different than what it did 20 years ago we are in a time where young folks growing up grew up with a computer and a phone in their hand so how they engage with that computer and their phone may not be the same way that they're engaging with a tv with uh they didn't, with, but, but they also weren't i don't think they were i've heard baby i've heard gen x parents say that i've heard several different gen x parents say in media and also just interpersonal conversations saying I probably should have told my kid more about the shit we've been through. Cause I know I grew up on eyes on the pride, all kind like it, I had all this reinforcement around history and struggle and blah, 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 blah. And, and you can't necessarily trust white people and politics and how it's all connected. Again, I think it's cause great. My, I'm, I grew up, up up North, great migration. My parents are first generation of, you know what I mean? I think that's definitely tied to the regional and the, in my own history and story for us. Right. But, I agree. That's what I was saying. The disbanding of the Black Panthers and, and crack epidemic and HIV. I, I don't know if if there's a whole generation of people who are traumatized and, you know, they were completely in denial about these things or just trying to distract themselves from these things or if they were repressing those memories. But there, there's a huge disconnect between... Yeah, I mean... We were raised under black power, black arts movement era people. And that's why I was saying I definitely heard Gen X parents who got kids in their 20s now being like, I probably should. I wanted to shield my kid from the worst, right? Because they didn't want them to deal with the same racism, blah, 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 blah. But what ended up happening is like uh, you disproportionately have more than ever before. Not come every, not the majority. All I'm saying is you have a larger number of folks who, are, who aren't, who are, who do have a, dis- there is a disconnect. Um, anyway, well, let us know what y'all think about <laughs> what's going on in the world, Trump and these policies. Um, you think we got too comfortable? Do you think we need more educate, like political education? Also, if you know folks who are doing that work on social media and you think people should follow them, let us know. Hit us up, hashtag Marsha's Plate, so that other people can get put on to folks like Consciously, folks like, who did you say, Diamond? They are bigger. Those people are bigger Janine. platforms than us. But I, I, there are platforms that are not people. There are platforms okay. that are literally geared. Like I, there's this, um, there's this, um, my favorite, one of my favorite, um, 
platforms that teach me about colorism is it's called The Darkest Hue. And they are they do so much dope shit around teaching about colorism. And that's just one subject. But it's so mm-hmm. many specific. Um, the, We had um Z- Zerandrian on the show. Zerandrian, mm-hmm. he doesn't show his face at all. And... Mm-hmm. And they do um, inter- ignorant intellectual. It's so mm-hmm. many platforms that are specific to education. That are specific to education you, educating you. And if you send it, to, if you have a page like that and you send it to us, we don't mind putting it in our stories and sharing it. And da 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 da. da. I'm more. I'm more about. Um, I, like you said, I am more. I, I like sharing educational stuff more so than people because that's when you get the issue with the branding. Yeah, we can have them on the show and interview them and show you can see them. But when it comes to education, uh, I don't know. Definitely not nobody who's bigger than us. We want to shine light on people who, you know, they already right. got the light. Right. Yeah. So if y'all, know, if y'all know the folks who are doing that work, particularly on social media, but also if they're doing that work, you know, folks who might be doing political education in your community, you want to highlight those folks, hit us up. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Um, you know, we do have the power. It's called peak power. It's called voting power. Uh, it's not the only tactic, but we I do think that we can uh, we can stop this orange dude slash son of a Klansman because he literally is the son of a Klansman, Klan, Klansman, a Klansman. So hit us up. We did it once. Let's do it again. Hashtag March Play. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling. And the high can never come down from. All right, so what has been bringing y'all euphoria this week? Jay, Jay, like he hesitant about his euphoria. So I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and go. What has been bringing me euphoria this week? I share with y'all that they have accepted my housing situation for what it is and i'm continuing to work to turn this house into a home i'm i'm trying to feel home here well i'm feeling you for it because it is starting to feel like home as the days go by i think i think this means that the landlord wants his rent money Um, but no, no, things things are getting a lot better in here. Um, right before we started the show, I actually came and had my shower fixed, which I had been complaining about since I first got here. So that's done. My refrigerator was fixed um, over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so now I have food. I also had to work out some deal with my um, landlord so that the food that I lost is deducted from my rent. But long story short... Honey, feeling like my house is a home is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And also closing out this whole phase for me is a beautiful, wonderful thing as well. Like I always tell the people, honey, I'm not judging you in the sense of thinking that I'm better than you. Honey, I'm just judging you because I can't relate. And one of the things I can't relate to is being a hoe full time. Honey, it will wear me out if I meant <laughs> It's not meant for my lifestyle. It's stressful, honey, dealing with I just can't. But what is your euphoria? What is y'all euphoria? What y'all feeling? Ah, uh, okay. So my euphoria is I grew a beard, y'all. 
that's weird. But it's I'm okay. Weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was not necessarily a goal of mine. Um, yeah. And um, now that it's kind of grown, it's, it's weird because it's like I, you know, I get up and then I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, more hair is on my face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a mind fuck. Definitely when we talk more about our other topics, but like just socially, it's it's just kind of weird. It's it's cool. I'm kind of getting at first, you know, I usually was shaved, but I've been getting kind of comfortable. And so it's bringing me some euphoria. You know what I mean? Because I was like, hmm. And I was like, you know, kind of kind of handsome. You know, you know, so and, and it grew in more since we were in Houston. So it was just kind of like I was like, damn, you know, so, OK. Powerful testosterone ass shit. So that's bringing me euphoria this week is just adjusting to the changes. And, you know, you know, at one point I was not comfortable, but now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of comfortable. Give me a little chipmunk situation, you know. Shout out that's to my really handsome. Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> I love now, that. My What's bringing you euphoria this week? Oh, messy ass gilded age. So I'm watching this show oh, called show. the show called The All Gilded right. Age. <laughs> and it is a show about the Gilded Age in New York. Um, and it is the Gilded Age this time is between the 1850s and the 1900s. So this is around that time. And um yeah, so the late 1800s. And so it is showing, I know, railroads, think about all of that, like a high society in New York, opera house, da-da-da. But also think about um a new class of black folks. You know, you know, this is after slavery. This mm-hmm. is slavery just got abolished. And so people are moving up north or who have already ran away from up north, ran away to up north. And so they're living getting educations and fighting for schools and so the show is messy as hell classic messy rich white people stuff but also they are doing an amazing job with their black characters and highlighting organizers of the time who were black um women of the time who were architects um just they are doing a really really good job in throwing little on top of being a fictional you know, show, but throwing mm-hmm. nuggets of educational and characters who are actually real people and and the black side of things too. And so I love it. It is so good. It is so entertaining. It is so messy. They are reading and it's just a range of poor folks, like the behind the scene poor folks and the um, high class, yeah. upper class battling. And it's just, it's just so good. And so it's been bringing me euphoria. You said this on HBO? Yes, it's on HBO Max. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It's definitely come across my timeline and across my little app, my my little movie TV. Yes, they are on season two. And um, yes, it's actually the number one show on HBO Max right now. And so I love it. If you like those kind of period, messy white woman shows and men, like men, it's, you know, rich men killing themselves because they fuck people over and then got fucked over. And, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's, 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 it's tons of comedy. It's tons of, um, it's just a period piece that's really, really like melodrama, kind of. Yeah, melodrama. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. what it's like. And so it's, I love it. It is what it is, but I love it. It's my city. <laughs> the guy, this is everything. This right here is is taking me back to back in the day. Your uh, your crown. 
Oh my um braid crown um yeah head yeah. Little dress yes I love this yeah that's taking it comfortable back. now because I um somebody ain't <laughs> oh my cut my hair off again because I'm trying to cut right. I'm trying to no, grow no, back I'm trying to um get a little short little um I want to do that Rihanna that old school Rihanna that kind of I want to <laughs> grow into that Rihanna bring that on back yeah um, yeah that loves when she was doing that razor cut, I love that. So I want to grow it into that. Mm. Come on, so, yes, yes, what it got. So, all right. Well, y'all tell us what's been bringing y'all euphoria this week, and we will see y'all next week. All right. Well, let's hear y'all next week or whatever. Y'all know what we're going to do. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> <Hey, y 'all. laughs> yeah, that's cute, Diamond. The snow keeps snowing, the wind keeps blowing, but I can wear the, the stone. What do I care how much it may storm? I've got my love to keep me warm. I can't. Remember a worse December, but I just watched those icicles fall. But what do I care if those shady icicles fall? You know what? I've got my love to keep me warm. Oh, 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 oh off with my overcoat. Overcoat. I'm burning with love. My heart's on fire. Mm. The flames is growing higher. But I can weather the storm. What do I care how much it may storm? <laughs> I've got my love to keep me warm. With my overcoat, I'm burning with love. My heart's on fire, the flame's getting higher. But I can weather the storm. What do I care how much it may I've got my love to keep me. I've got my baby's love to keep me. I've got my baby's love to keep me warm. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays.